previously in the R2AK Daily Fix by Boldly Went. Despite what you've heard, R2AKers are good people. No, the, the biggest thing for us was just like, we had felt like we had to do something for the ocean. To get more women into leadership positions on boats has become something that I'm really passionate about. I achieved the deepest flow state I've ever experienced in my life. Right at the south end of the Victoria Golf Course. <laughs> and we're going, okay, it's five to four. We've got Janice, like... how long does it take to walk from downtown <laughs> from Oak Bay Golf Course? Maybe the most inspiring place on the whole course is the finish line in Ketchikan. Have you wondered what the scene's like there? Or how the local community responds to all this craziness? And how racers react when they ring the bell to complete their journey? Join us next time, June 26th. Welcome back to the R2AK Daily Fix by Boldly Went. I'm Angel Mathis, the host and producer of the Boldly Went podcast, and I'm excited to be partnering with Race to Alaska to bring you this 14-part podcast following the 750-mile Race to Alaska. This is episode 11 of 14 that chronicles the quest to win $10,000 in a non-motorized, unsupported boat race through the iconic Inside Passage. If you want to spectate at the Race to Alaska, for many listeners, the starting line in Port Townsend or the second stage send-off in Victoria are both great options. But to me, Ketchikan at the finish line is the best. Why? Because Ketchikan is where the story ends and where racers achieve their glory. It's where they get their first warm meal in weeks. They let out their anxiety and having survived that harrowing ordeal, and they can finally get away from that annoying teammate that chews with their mouth open. The scene in Ketchikan in June is a little surreal by any measure. The town is a jumble of lumberjack shows, diamond stores, and souvenir shops. Ketchikan in June is populated by tens of thousands of cruise ship tourists that keep all of that in business. It must seem crazy for racers to step into that scene after spending days or even weeks in isolation in the remote wilderness. In truth, though, it doesn't typically seem to phase people. The excitement of their race experience and the relief of having made it through are the most visible emotions among finishers. Ketchikan is a small town, so racers are frequently visible, carrying half racks, gathering in restaurants, connecting, sharing war stories, and generally reveling in the glory of their race. The traditional post-race gathering place is at the Ketchikan Yacht Club. That's where racers eat, drink, socialize, and bathe. And for several years, including this year, 2019, the Ketchikan Yacht Club has represented by entering a boat and team in the race to Alaska, too. This yacht club is probably not what you're picturing if you've ever been to a different yacht club. The vibe is more like an Elks Lodge than a bougie country club, and they're more barbecue and beer than charcuterie and champagne. And in fact, they frequently host public barbecues throughout the weeks of June as racers begin trickling into the marina and collapsing on their docks. 
These events have become an important part of the R2AK experience because it's a central place where racers share their stories, commiserate, and develop the sense of family that lots of participants associate with this event. If you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you'll remember when Spencer Weber waxed nostalgic about joining the brother and sisterhood. Yeah, brings back a lot of emotion. You spend a lot of time preparing to be at the start line of this thing, both physically and mentally. And Carl Kruger talked about finding his family. Well, this, this race changed my life, you know? <laughs> Cold, I remember what it feels like to stand up there, getting ready to go, stepping out, you know, knowing that you're stepping beyond boundaries and pushing things. Plus, it's just such a, yeah, it's just, it's like family. It's like the, Everyone up there is about to join the brotherhood. Yeah. The sisterhood. Yeah. It's a, yeah. That there is about the closest thing to family I've ever felt. On the Friday night that the media boat arrived to catch a can, the yacht club was holding a barbecue. And while accidentally leaving his audio recorder on after conducting an interview, Tim captured this heartfelt exchange between Greg from Team Trickster and Team Given the Horns, which he asked permission to share. For a bit of context, you'll remember that Given the Horns was the team that was near the front of the pack when their rudder broke. And rather than dropping out, they built a new one and finished. Isn't that rad, Trickster, we talked about you. you. We had a little one-on-one about you i'm i'm like really i'm honored the way you welcomed us on the dock was so sincere man well i have it on film it was amazing you guys teared me up it looked like you were teared up i was so touched totally teared up i was so touched i mean what you guys did is like the the total essence of this and it's so so noble i mean when when we were in victoria and daniel said sail with honor I mean, you guys doubled down on that. I'm, I'm just, I'm proud to be a member of this group and, and what you guys did, you know, because, yeah, it was really, very kind. really, Thank really you. cool. Thank you. One team that's developed a reputation for helping to build up the community at the finish line is Team Sail Like a Girl. Last year, 2018, after winning the race, they were reported to have stuck around as long as possible, cheering for each team as they came in and paying each of them an in-person visit to give their heartfelt congratulations. By the time I arrived to catch a can, it was days after Sail Like a Girl had finished their race because they finished in fourth place, but most of their team was still there, talking to race fans and going to the dock to greet teams as they were finishing. This is Jean Gusev and Amy Fulwell from Team Sail Like a Girl. I've heard that you have really impressed others with the way that you have supported and encouraged other teams when they come in. You like stick around and you give them lots of support. Why do you do that? Oh, it is the spirit of the race. I mean, we are all out there in elements together and this is a hard transit we're always thinking about other boats out there and how they're doing and the weather systems that they're in we always have thought you know this race is about getting safely to catch a can and then getting here fast and so to see the boats come in and see them here safe is one thing but also to have that amazing experience of seeing their faces when they have reached land after accomplishing 750 miles at sea is um it's our prize in return to be able to be a part of that and see that. And, and for me, like, 
you hit the dock and you have this community that surrounds you. It's a community that you've built up over the last week, whether it was in Port Townsend or in Victoria. It's people that you're getting to know. And whether you're the first boat on the dock with a huge group or the 10th when there's, you know, people are already returning home. It's just so wonderful to have familiar faces that you know surrounding you. And we've all, we're all doing the same race. We do it for different reasons and our experiences are totally different. So being able to see people when they get back and check in with them and see how they're doing, what their experience was, it's just awesome to, to hear those stories. And we've been on the receiving end of that incredible greeting ourselves to have people on the dock. Um, there's nothing better than that kind of warm welcome when you hit the dock and you're exhausted and there's somebody grabbing your lines and handing you a beer and encouraging you and just excited to see you here so it's just you know it's a way of helping others have a good experience like the one that we've had post-race everyone is celebrating and because racers finish over the course of three weeks the celebrations are long lasting and spread out The community of fans and locals organize barbecues and bonfires, and there are official race events too, including a public awards ceremony where the race's $10,000 prize is awarded, and the second place team is insulted with a set of steak knives. At the local Fish House restaurant, the race hosted an open mic where racers could share their experiences to anyone who wanted to listen. One of the teams to stand up that night was given the horns, the team who broke their rudder mid-race. I love this little story about how it went down in the heat of the moment. And a third story that uh, I must tell is when, when we broke the rudder, we were pretty hyped up and we were trying to figure out what to do. And we had like the, the stump of the broken rudder and we had a fast approaching lee shore and we were trying to figure out how to regain steering to the boat. And our plan was to remount the broken stump of the rudder into the rudder cassette but our crewmate Dan decided that it wasn't going to fit as is and we needed to shim it somehow. And so in a adrenaline-fueled raid, somebody, I think maybe, was it you, Alex, that, that actually did the... So we grabbed a hatchboard, like a panel from downstairs, and we decided we were going to make some shims out of it, but there was no time to saw it in half. So in an adrenaline-fueled moment, Alex, like put his foot on top of the thing and just went, hey <laughs> And broke the, broke the piece of the boat in half. I have to say hi I said, hi Which turned out to be totally unnecessary because the broken rudder stump fit perfectly anyway. And we don't need it. <laughs> if anybody needs a broken hatchboard, I have three pieces. <laughs> Sailing and karate go well together. The race finishes with the ringing of a bell under an R2AK banner in Ketchikan's Harbor. Finishers trickle in day and night throughout the majority of the month of June. As luck would have it, a fan favorite, Team McGuffin Brothers Racing, arrived right in the middle of this open mic finishers party where we were listening to Given the Horns talking about their karate moves. This was a literal showstopper as the restaurant cleared and the entire crowd ran or walked briskly down to the docks to watch them pull in their sails and ring the final bell. As the boat came into view, four smiling Canadian teenagers' faces appeared. They were wearing their matching gray woolen sweaters with Team MBR patches sewn onto their right shoulder, looking tired, happy, and overwhelmed by the big crowd there to greet them. Team MBJ! 
<laughs> well done, you guys. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> You guys don't even look tired. You're yeah. warm. Yeah, you're here, man. Yeah. Yeah. How's it feel? You, yeah. That's for you. Yeah. How's well, it feel, man? Most of you. <laughs> <laughs> One of us. <laughs> Someone hide that. Oh, sorry. All right. Somebody ring. You guys ring. Yeah, come on down. Come on down. Are we all getting ready? Yeah, we're not. Yeah? Really? Yeah, you look pretty happy. You always look this happy, however. It's hard to really figure out what's going on. How was the last, like, 24 hours? How about that? The last 24 hours was pretty good. Yeah? yeah? Why is that? <laughs> well, Wait, how about 24 hours before? No, no, good. <laughs> what was it? So we had a little bit of breeze for, like, the last 24 hours. Before that, we didn't. So that yeah. wasn't ideal. But, uh, yeah, we did a fair amount. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, we were averaging probably like five knots. Coming yeah. In. So that was pretty good. And then we got, it was like a spinnaker run the whole way into here. And we got to that point, it kind of died and we were pedaling it from there, but uh -huh. everything else was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we had one interesting moment, and I can't remember where it was, but we had a wave come right up on this side, and our hatch wasn't fully closed. Yeah. So Duncan was sleeping over on that side, and he was the whole time. And at the same time, I was sleeping on this side, and my uh, lee board snapped, so I just went flying across the boat. And then Callum's life jacket went off to the cockpit. Yeah, that was, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> where, where, where was that again? Where was that? That was... South of here somewhere? I can How are y'all feeling? I mean, feeling proud about this? You just good to be here? I mean, how's it feeling for you? A little bit tired at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. What are you looking forward to? Uh, eating. <laughs> yeah, we've been having a lot of canned fish recently. <laughs> yeah, basically entirely no canned fish. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure our parents would appreciate to know that, but they probably already know, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> the cruel truth of reaching Ketchikan is that racers have to wait on their boat at the dock for U.S. Customs to clear them. So these guys, when all they wanted to do was get a meal that didn't consist of canned fish, had to patiently wait as the smells of the nearby restaurants wafted beneath their noses. This race is relatively new, so there are sometimes jokes about people doing things for the, quote, first time ever. But Team MBR set a remarkable record. They are the youngest team ever to finish the 750-mile epic. The average age on the boat was 19.25 years old. The previous record was 19.5 years old for a finishing team. What were you doing for fun when you were between the ages of 16 and 19? It's humbling to witness people finishing something as grueling as the race to Alaska. Team MBR were as understated about their accomplishment as any team we encountered, but everyone who makes it across the finish line has achieved something impressive. There are no finishes without struggle. 
whether it's acknowledged publicly or not. The MacGuffins were demure, but they did eventually hint at the fact that things weren't always easy when they were put on the spot after they made it to the open mic party. Also, our um, boat's not the most waterproof we're finding out. Like the whole hull deck drawing is kind of one big leak. And then the mast, the, the mast is another leak. And the, <laughs> the lazarette hatches are also a bit of a leak. And, <laughs> Just about everything. So, oh yeah, also when we got up to Johnson Strait, we broke the batten box on our second batten, which is, probably all know, but it basically stops the end of the batten from wearing through the luff of the sail, and then the bow would fall out. So we fixed that with some, is it, two Gatorade bottle caps, a old knife sheath that we cut up, and some duct tape and insignia cloth, and we just kind of sewed them all together on either side of it. <laughs> and it's still holding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think other than that, we're basically just feeling good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Hungry? <laughs> Congratulations, Team MBR, and all of the finishers who've made it to catch a can. We know it was always a struggle. Speaking of struggle, have you ever asked yourself why you are interested in the race to Alaska? Why are you intrigued enough by this race to be 11 episodes deep in a podcast about it? I'm willing to bet that a big part of it has to do with the risk, struggle, and adventure of it all. So in the next episode, we'll dig into those things more deeply, the risk, the struggle, and the adventure. As we talk to racers and race officials about the epic saga that is the race to Alaska. Join us next time, June 27th. That's it for today's R2AK Daily Fix by Boldly Went. Huge thanks to Race to Alaska for bringing this crazy adventure into the world and to all the crazy adventurers who are trying it and who are fodder for this podcast. Other thanks for this podcast are attributed to Uncruise, Northwest Maritime Center, Spencer Weber, Carl Kruger, Sail Like a Girl, Given the Horns, Trickster, MBR, Michaela Elias, Audio Editor and Production Assistant, Tim Mathis, Lead Writer, Episode Production by Boldly Went. Also, to Ketchikan Yacht Club, Karate Kicks, Leaky Boats, Good Sportsmanship, Good Stories, Heartfelt Congratulations, Cheers on the Dock, and Ketchikan. If you're still listening, thanks. Get all the daily details about the race to Alaska at r2ak.com. Get additional R2AK content and reporting from our website or link to the regular weekly Boldly Went podcast featuring the brief and true adventure stories by outdoorists of all kinds at boldlywentadventures.com. Follow us both on Instagram and Facebook at Race to Alaska and at Boldly Went Adventures. I'm Angel Mathis, proudly bringing you this podcast from the finish line in Ketchikan with the race to Alaska. Ignite your adventure.